Okay, everybody, Vinny Fisher here, back with another episode of Total CEO. Hey, before I get going with our guest today, I just wanted to uh, wish all of you a, a wonderful 2018. I uh, hope that your year is starting out as strong as ours. Here over at um, our brands, we have Fully Accountable Total Team. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot about our executive education company, Total CEO, a lot on this show today. But I want to encourage all of you to, you know, if you really want a business to grow and be a seven and eight figure company, it's got to be bigger than you. And the only way to get there is to develop other people. If you're not building and developing team, uh, you really aren't growing something beyond you. And so without leadership, people shall perish. So today I want to give you a word of encouragement that you are spending purposeful time investing in the people around you. If you really want it to grow bigger than you, you have to do that. All right, cool. Well, hey, how do you get bigger? How do you actually grow something with all your guesses and all your rights and all your wrongs? It's lonely being an entrepreneur out there. It's You, you have to not only think about things you want to attractively offer to your customer base and your tribe, but are you right? Are you wrong? How do you know? Well, one of my dearest friends out in the business world and in life uh, is with me today, Jeff Usner. Jeff, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you for having me, Vinny. I'm excited to be here and uh, yeah, to be plugged in with everything that you're doing and thank you for all you do at Fully Accountable and Total Team and um, your team's amazing and I'm right with you in what you were just saying. Developing other people's uh, definitely the key. Okay, well, I think what's really key about today's show is, you know, we're going to talk about the title of today's show is Good Enough Alone, Hack your competition. And so, Jeff, you and your team, I, we love the stuff you do. And one of the reasons why our audience, you know, we're, we're business owners. Our audience is filled with, you know, everywhere from, you know, small, early seven-figure businesses growing up. And one of the struggles we always have is, you know, what's working to, to, to generate traffic and conversions for sales? Well, the stuff that you guys do over there uh, at Hack Your Competition is awesome. I, I, I'm making up some of that language and I know it, but I love how what you guys stand for and helping to reverse engineer um, competitive uh, ways of, of attracting the same customers. I guess the thing that I always think about is when should somebody start paying attention to their competition in their business? Um, well, Vinny, you know, I think it starts right away. Uh, I spent years in business with trying to do my own ideas and trying to come up with my own concepts, my own products, my own websites. And some of it was successful to some extent, but I had a lot of failure. In fact, uh, with one company, I invested into the multiple seven figures, lost it all, pursuing an idea I thought would work um, to an extreme. Um, but what I learned is when I just simply started plugging in and looking at what's working in the marketplace, what the marketplace is already buying, whatever their websites they're going to, uh, what emails they're responding to, what messages they're responding to and simply creating a brand uh, or, or, or a business around that, that's when my business has really started to grow. So finding out where the market is and simply getting in front of them. Um, and one of the best ways to do that that I've found is to simply look at who's the top person in your, in your business, in your business world, and look at what they're doing, what's working, what's not. Uh, so I think it's, if I was starting over from scratch right now in a business or if I had an existing business, same thing, we do it every day here. Uh, always looking at what are our top competitors doing and how can we use that in our business or how can we improve upon it um, and how can we start uh, scaling. Just to give you an example, um, just earlier, just probably two, three weeks ago, uh, we were kind of watching and monitoring some com competition and kind of hacking what they're doing. And one hack uh, that we implemented in our business uh, is now generating 
anywhere from 10 to 25,000 extra people a day uh, to our websites. Um, actually didn't add any extra expense to any overhead. It's simply something that was going on in the marketplace. Um, but looking at that, implementing it into our business, and now really figuring it out and even doing it in a better way, I think. How, how, how does somebody, I mean, you're, you have like, you know, you're like a, a golfer who practices every day. So it's just kind of a, this is almost muscle memory for you, but how would somebody like me, who's really not historically been a good uh, hack my competition or reverse engineer things, how would I even know, or what would I look to identify that open item that was there that was available in the marketplace that even allowed you to take advantage of that opportunity? I, what would I be trying to spot? What would I be identifying? Um, I think the first thing you're looking at is what's the main message of your competitors, um, whether it's a website, whether it's a product, what's the problem they're solving, what's their marketing. Uh, right, so that's a, an important point you're making. So, you know, us business owners, I hear guys talk like this a lot. I'm sure a lot of your clients do. You know, when you ask them what their business is, they try to differentiate themselves from everybody. So they almost don't have competition. Do you see that problem where someone describes themselves that they're so unique that they really can't even look at anybody else? Yeah, that's a pretty common theme and a common question uh, where people think they're totally different and everything's unique about what they do. But the, the fact is everybody has competition. Um, there may be that one-tenth of one percent that there's no competition in what they're doing but usually it's not a good sign right you want to have competition you want to have market share you want to have a lot of dollars going into your marketplace so there is healthy competition so you can uh, learn from your competitors I know with with our company here uh, we work with a lot of our competitors um, we send traffic we buy traffic we uh, promote offers we do all that type of stuff not only learning from each other but I've, I've learned to even just sit down with other CEOs and just Here's what's happening, even in very competitive marketplaces. Now, we're not revealing necessarily our, our secret, secret sauce, um, but we get into some pretty extensive things of what's working for us, and it's created a really open dialogue with competitors, where in the past, um, I would have been probably a little concerned about that, and most business owners are, you know, when they're looking at talking to a competitor. Um, they don't want their stuff stolen either, so. Yeah, so, you know, something I say around here all the time to our tribe, uh, which of course you're you're in our tribe and in the world over a total CEO. But one of the things I say all the time is that in order to scale up, you need to niche down. So you niche down to scale up, right? And so I think one of the things I'm hearing you say is that it's important as a business owner to understand the specific niche so you understand the specific audience who you are attracting or who in the marketplace is already attracting that audience so that you can um, – Go and accelerate your traffic and your conversions in that environment and place, not try to be all things to everybody. Is that what I hear you saying? Right. I mean, I, I've heard you speak on niching down to scale up before. <clears throat> um, so finding those, those little hacks can definitely be a big uh, momentum shifter in your business. Um, but just being open, actually, I think, mm -hmm. to looking at what others are doing, mm -hmm. not just in your own marketplace. For example, uh, I will walk into a Walmart or a grocery store or maybe it's a Nordstrom, whatever, and look at how they're arranging uh, their attire. Go to their website. See it how uh, – are there any tips, uh, techniques, strategies that they're using? They may not be competitive to my business, um, but I'm always aware of what's going on around me with marketing. If there's a Facebook ad that I clicked on, why did I click on that ad? Um, if there's an advertisement I called on, why did I call on that? Was there a promotion via email that I got? from a company that's totally unrelated to anything I'm doing, but what was it in that that worked? Um, and then how do I apply that 
in my own business. So I think it just starts just kind of Vinny, just paying attention to what's going on around you with what you're already uh, doing in your day. Um, whatever you're doing in your market that's in your business, but also um, in markets that you're in each and every day, just being on the internet, being on your phone, driving around, listening to the radio, whatever it might be. Okay. All right. So I, I like that. So we, we have an audience. We kind of have, let's just say it's as clear as mud that we know who we deal with, right? So is there kind of a sequence or a cadence that you like to like walk through when you're looking at your competition and the kind of the same sequence or cadence that might've led to this recent hack you spoke about earlier? Like how do you, what would be some good advice to a business owner now about like where you would start this process of if you're not in the general habit of looking at your competition? Yeah. So I teach a five-step system on kind of how to look at your competition, um, how to look at what's working, what's working not. So I can walk you through that. Yeah. Um, so what's the name of you? You have a course out there that, by the way, everybody, we are talking to Jeff Usner, who is from jeffusner.com. You can see him and his other companies and what he's doing. Go check him out. It's U-S-N-E-R. So Jeff usner.com you go check out everything he's got one of the things he's got a really cool course on that i love and i want to walk through these points with you right now jeff is this reverse online profits it's a course that helps you with not only learning and how to look at your competition find out the hacks that work but you can dominate in that space by taking their pieces and applying what works in the, with your audience and getting an unlimited advantage to traffic and conversions. I think it's really cool. So let's take that, Jeff, and go back through this five-point system that you referred to and where you would start somebody. Yeah, so the first thing is if you already know your marketplace, and that's who we're talking to, I think, a lot in this audience, um, it's identifying who are my top, let's say, three to five competitors. Um, and so whatever your business model would be, you, you should actually know that. If you don't know who your top three to five competitors are, that's a problem, but that's okay, you can fix it. Um, I watch a lot of Shark Tank with my family and I heard Mark Cuban uh, use a line that said, um, he said something to the effect of, I stay up at, up at night trying to kick my own butt because I know my competitors are doing it more than I am. Um, right. So that, that assist, that effect. So knowing who your competitors are, that's where you start. Um, if you don't know who they are, then you wanna start to uh, look around. Like I, I own a wedding venue, is another uh, one of my kind of offline businesses. So when I got started in that business, for example, Vinny, um, I started to look at the most successful wedding venues, not just in the area that I'm here in Pennsylvania. I actually started to look at major metropolitan areas. So I went to look, I used Google, which is a website out there that most people know about. Um, I started looking in Los Angeles area. I looked in Dallas. I was in Austin. I was in New York City, Baltimore. So I was looking all around the country. So sometimes too, we have a local business and we start to think, well, it's just me here in this local area that I'm in, wherever that might be. But you've got to look at who's the most comp, uh, who's the most successful in any area uh, of the country, really, and internationally. Regardless of the geography, right? Because they're, they're they're doing something that works, and you know, I mean, other than maybe some terminology, things aren't different in what's attracting a, the consumer base to your to your services, right? Correct. So, for let's use the wedding venue example. So, when I was getting into that space and learning what made a successful wedding venue, the first thing I did was look at who were the top people. So in, in that nature category, there's a website called Wedding Wire. So I went to that site and I found who had the most reviews, who had the most positive reviews. Um, and I started to niche down into who were my top competitors. Um, so I used those review type sites. If you're in, in, in an industry where there are reviews, that's a great place to start, right? Look at what are the top products being reviewed? What are they doing differently? 
Um, for example, if you sell on Amazon, that would be a strategy. Like who, who, what are they doing? How are they positioning themselves? Um, if you have a local business, like I was just sharing with the a wedding venue, I point, it's actually down the road here from my office. Um, what are they doing differently? And then from there, looking at their website, um, going and visiting their venue, um, looking at where are they marketing locally? What are they doing on Google? What type of ads are they running? Um, you can use tools online if you want to know where their online traffic's coming from. Uh, there's a website called similarweb.com that I'm on several times a day. I look at my computer now. There's several tabs open with it. And there's a free version of it where you can actually find the top uh, five traffic sources to somebody's website. Um, so where are they getting the people to their business right now? Um, so that's, that's kind of a, the wedding venues forced me to take this offline, call them up, see what they're doing, um, visit their, uh, their, their venues, um, and really start to find out who's in my market and who's the most successful in my marketplace. Whether it's live in a digital world, right? Our, our everything, lots of things we do. Both of our businesses live and dominate in a, a digital space. So, you know, I love that you're taking it offline. So for anyone listening, don't shut down just because we're digital guys. This applies both online and offline. All right. So the first piece was getting to uh, intimately know your competitors. Then where do you take them from there? Well, and here's a couple indicators on if they're really your competitors too. Uh, if you're newer at doing this, uh, SimilarWeb, uh, which is a website, you can type in any domain there and you can look at a couple different things. I, had, I call it the green light system. And one of the green lights that I look for to see if they're really a competitor for me is I look at their traffic. Um, so in the digital world, do they have eyeballs coming to their website? Because there's a lot of people that get online and say a lot of stuff and then the reality is you go look at their site and there's no traffic, there's no business, there's no revenue, they're just blowing smoke. Um, so traffic leaves clues. So we're gonna go use similar web, we're gonna type in a domain, we're gonna find out is this consistent traffic and I like to look at has it had traffic for at least six months? Because there's you, you might see some things where it'll go, it'll be like kind of Bitcoin recently where there was this huge growth curve and then it dropped off or it's brand new but you haven't seen anything sustained with it yet. So we wanna see something that has uh, a growth curve on traffic that's consistent, that it's going at least six months is one of the first things that we do. Okay. We wanna make sure, is it, is it enough traffic for what our business is? And everybody's business is different in that, Vinny. Um, for my business, it might be, I need to see 100,000 people from their site, visiting their site every day to be a competitor maybe to one of our niches. Um, to your business, it might be there's 500 people a day going to it, right? If I'm a lawyer, if I'm a, a doctor, if I uh, do insurance, whatever it might be, leads might cost uh, the traffic. There's less traffic out there for the specific offer. So you're looking for consistent traffic. Uh, traffic that would be creating results is the second green light. And the third part of that, when you're looking at a competitor and anything you ever look at is, can I do what they're doing? Mm. Um, am I able to replicate this? Am I able to maybe tweak it a little bit? Take what their strategy is and just tweak it a little bit. Will it fit my brand? Will it fit my market? So that's kind of all part of the first step in finding your marketplace. Um, the second thing then is going into what I was just talking about. It's starting to replicate and recreate um, whatever it is that you saw in that business. So maybe it was their website. Maybe it was a sales letter uh, that you saw and you're like, wow, that sales letter really worked. How can I, uh, you know, uh, kind of hack what they're doing in their funnel? How can I see what their upsells are? Um, can I recreate that? Is there a software? Well, I can well, you know what just rings in my ear when I hear you saying that is all these guys out there who are just going to go and find something really cool that's working in one of their competitors and almost like straight up copy it and not put any effort into Because I like what you said, recreate it for your business. So everyone out there, don't just be that guy. 
No one needs to be that guy who just goes and copies somebody else. With that said, don't try to put so much of your own spin on it that you lost the magic of what worked in the first place. So Jeff, how do you, how do you balance that where you want to make it feel and look and touch in your own without getting too far from the original so that the duplication doesn't take you away from conversions? Well, it's, it's looking at the numbers. I'm a, I'm a guy who lives and dies by know your numbers. I know you're like that as well. Um, so I'm going to look at what are the numbers that are driving my business. So let's say I do find a new uh, concept, a new website. Maybe they're buying traffic. A competitor might be buying traffic from. Um, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to say, okay, how can I craft this to what makes me different? What is my secret sauce that people are going to like about me? And then how do I use that strategy in my business? So for example, um, one of the recent ones we've really been pushing actually is push notifications um, in our business and it is really taking off. So I've, I've seen competitors doing that, um, but we started to look at, okay, what are we doing effectively in our email? What are we doing effectively in our websites? How do we incorporate that same messaging and branding into this type of uh, marketing strategy? Same way with email. Uh, if we're sending out emails, we're looking at, okay, great. We look at the competitors, right? What are they using? What subject headlines does it look like you're getting the most uh, interaction? How can we use that type of headline or subject in our business? Um, which ESP are they using to send out their email? What are the little hacks they're doing within their email? All these types of things. And just looking at how do we put our special, um, who we are into that to make it even better or maybe just different um, for your own business. Got it. All right, so now we've, we've learned who our competitors are. We put them through a green light process to make sure they really are competitors. Then it's time to put some replication, recreate pieces of that that will work within your bottle, in your model, and get it going. So where do you take them from there? So once somebody you know understands who their market is, they understand their competitors. Um, they've recreated uh, an offer or something about the business. Um, now we want to start getting eyeballs on it, real traffic, right? So for a traditional business, this is people coming to the door. It's people um, uh, walking in your doors. It's, it's people seeing a billboard you place. It's people responding to some type of that. To the digital community, I, it's traffic. It's people coming to your website. What's actually happening with that traffic? Now we have to step back and look at, okay, great. We thought this was going to work. It passed our green light system. It had consistent traffic. It was a competitor. It looks like it should work. We recreated what we think will work, but now... You know, the numbers never lie. We start putting real people into it. We're going we're gonna to know real quick if this works or not. And there's things we've launched where, you know, and I won't, we won't corporately or invest a lot of time and energy into things unless they pass that green light system because uh, I don't want to build things and take a whole lot of guesses out there about things that may not work. I've done a lot of that and it wastes a lot of time and resources. So, by the way, money, waste of money, money right? Yeah money and time. It just can suck it up in your whole, all your resources in your company. Yeah. So we're going to start running traffic to it and there's times we'll do it and it just totally flops Vinny. We're like, Oh my gosh, this is nothing like we thought. And then we have to dive back into even deeper. What is our competitor doing even deeper? We start to understand more of the psychology actually sometimes of strategies that are going on. And it's, it's interesting because we'll, we'll, I have a notepad here. We'll have ideas about what we think it should do or why people are actually doing what we think and we'll, we'll implement on that and then we'll start running traffic running tests and a lot of times we don't hit the mark with that we'll miss it and then what happens is we'll run a whole lot of traffic this happens at least once a month I'm not joking and I think of all the money we save on taxes um, well you know it's a good tax plan yeah well we're, we'll see an idea that they're doing 
And we're like, well, we don't want that part of it because that part, that doesn't make any sense to us. And we'll wind up, this is literally what happens, six months down the line, we'll, we'll come back to a, a uh, conclusion of something we need to do differently. And we'll go back to our original notes. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, that was right at the top of our list here. Of, you know, why people were doing, we, we, we started that way, but we kind of diverted off of it. So a flow fade away from the original plan. Exactly. So in, in really digging into getting the traffic there, looking at the numbers, looking at, again, what I need to know my numbers in my own business before I can start implementing these types of strategies because I, I need to expect a result I should get out of it. And now you have to go back through the process. Like, is there, let's say it was something we well, started doing. Like the fourth step now? Are you now, are you still like in split testing and validating? Yeah, at this point, we're, we're in the replicate traffic mode, which you're trying to replicate. You've replicated, you found the market, you've uh, replicated the offer um, and create your own version of that. You're now getting live people into it. And now you're really starting to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, so the next step is from that, uh, if it's people in, in our space, it's I focus on building a list. So even um, whether that's your email list, it's an audience, right? You're building your brand, you're building... Um, I like that. Build your audience, build your tribe, right? Right. You're focused on building your tribe and your audience. So how do you do that? Again, you're looking at, uh, for example, we're doing some testing now where we're using push notifications to grow our email list. Um, so we're kind of using that tool to kind of come around the back door to get people doing in one of our primary business methods is, is with email. Um, and it's starting to have some pretty huge benefits because we're focusing on the people that are clicking on our push notifications. Well, guess what those people also do in email? they click. If you've ever done email before, uh, which hopefully you have in your business, it's one of the most powerful things out there. Clickers and openers are what really can drive your engagement with Gmail, with Yahoo, <clears throat> with inboxing, right? So you can now incorporate different strategies to get your, your highly, uh, your, your most intense clickers basically involved in your email list. Um, so that's another kind of subset strategy that's come out of that. So, but we're building a list, you know, we, we've, we've looked at a strategy, uh, we replicated what we thought the offer could be to with our market, what would work. Um, we then got traffic to it and then we started building a list and now we, we're in actually the fifth stage of this in our mm -hmm. business with this one strategy, which is called ramp and bank. So, this is when we're really uh, looking at what's working. That sounds like a sporting event, ramp and bank. I like it. Ramp and bank. So this is currently what we're doing with this whole push uh, strategy I'm talking about right now is we're seeing, again, we're analyzing what worked, what didn't, um, and then how do we use it in other parts of our business. Okay, our competitor used this slice of the, the strategy. How do we incorporate this much of this or whatever, you know, apply it across. And if your numbers hold true, then this whole idea of ramp and bank is to go for it. Like you're adding depth to it now. Then you kind of go all in. Um, you add a lot of depth to it and you just start. And if it becomes kind of a core leg of your business, depending on what your business is, um, maybe it's a new product that you're selling that you, you wanted to try some front end product on your funnel. You saw somebody else doing it. All of a sudden it works with Facebook ads, right? You're selling the heck out of it. Now you just want to ramp that sucker. You want to know uh, what type of audiences are you creating? You know, that traffic, going back to traffic, I'm using a little different example. What was the audience you created around that offer? And how do I, how do I grow that? How do I expand upon it? How do I uh, uh, grow it in a, in a big way? Cause that's the point of, I think uh, doing this is to create different uh, strategies in your business that are going to grow what you're already doing. And just by hacking your competition and hacking, not even your, just your competition, it's people in other industries. I might look at the mortgage industry and I see something really cool they're doing on their website. Yep. Um, LendingTree.com spends a lot of money on advertising. Anybody you ever see on TV, by the way, 
um, I watched some TV over <clears throat> the last uh, week or so, um, looking at their ads and then actually visiting those sites versus just sitting there, I'll, I'll miss the show I'm watching because I'm on my mobile phone looking at their marketing, right? That's and I get this little strategy. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was pretty cool. So How do you, I apply? I want to stop you right there, Jeff. Did you, everybody, are you hearing what's going on? He's not just telling you a cute little five point system. Like I, I hear a guy say all the time, you got to eat your own dog food. But I, I think it's bigger than that. You're a practitioner. And I want to, by, by the way, thanks for those five points. We're with Jeff Usner. You can see him. If you like what he's talking about, go hit him up. Very easy to find. You can go to jeffusner.com. It's U-S-N-E-R.com. And you can find him. Um, you might want to get usner.com now. But it's all right. You can go and everything he's, he's got everything available to you. Easy to access. If you want to learn how to hack your competition and really grow and scale your business, go check out all that stuff. But I, I want this to be an encouragement, this question, but it's going to sound like failure. And so this, you, you're big on overcoming challenges. And so I want to start kind of going down that road and inside your business. So you went through this whole system and you're, you're doing the push notifications. How often is, do you strike out versus even hit a single in running through this process? That's a great question. Um, I strike out more than I get hit. Um, so one of the keys in my business and surrounding myself with is people that can implement on ideas quickly. Mm. Um, so let's say we do have a list of ideas. This one idea we just actually implemented in the last six weeks had been on my list for way too long and it's become a, a pretty big thing for us. Um, so I definitely strike out more than I hit singles, but the key is to get ideas into the marketplace. The marketplace never lies. Numbers don't lie. So uh, I'll be meeting with someone on my team or the, with uh, a department and we're talking about, hey, let's do this, 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 this. What do you think, Jeff? And I'm like, you know, sounds great. Let's get it live. Let's see how the market responds to it. And if it works, we'll, we'll do this strategy we just talked about. Let's look at how we can expand it. Uh, if it doesn't work, then let's kill it quickly and move on to the next idea. And Vinny, really people have such a hard time with that last point, and me included. Like, you know, once you've created something, you, you, it's like this uh, – you know, the financial industry talks about like sunk costs. It's the investment of time and resources into something you've already developed. Why is it so hard? And I'm so thankful for relationships with people like you in my life who are good at this, but why is it so stinking hard to drop what you've done and move on to greener pastures? A lot of times pride, right? It's my idea. This is going to work. Um, I've already invested this much into it. I need to keep going. Um, I don't want to lose. A fear of loss also motivates. Um, I know for myself, uh, before I got involved in the five steps I really just told you about, um, I was driving a company uh, and we had thousands of customers on our software, um, but it led me to a stroke. I almost died. Uh, I had major health challenges. I had invested, I shared with you earlier, a lot of money into this company and I wasn't letting it die, right? Even though every indication from the numbers was this is a dead dog take it outside as Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary says, shoot the thing, right? Um, not, I was too emotionally attached with the idea at that point um, as well. And as well as pride, uh, walking away from a concept or an idea like, uh, well, hey, I'm good enough. I should be able to make this happen. I should be able to make this work. When the reality is, watch the numbers. If it's not working, just stop it. Um, and, or adjust if you can, right? If it's close enough to make it work. But for me, it was, uh, with this company was just, was pride. And I got into a point where I was just driven to so much failure. I remember walking into my house 
and looking over at the dinner table and thinking, how in the heck am I going to put food on the table? Mm -hmm. And now I'm like embarrassed because I'm like, I used to have this success. We did this, we did this, we did this. And I'm sitting here and I had to basically walk from everything I was doing. But that's when I started to walk into this new opportunity that was in front of me, which is kind of the five steps I just took you through. I had to close that door in that business and move into another open door that had been open for a long time. Um, and as soon as I started to walk through it, that's when freedom really came. I started to, my, the whole demeanor of who I am changed. I started uh, going from failure to you know, success and how that affected my marriage, my kids. Everything just shifted um, when I was able to just let go of something and let it literally die, which actually the business is still here now today. Um, it just took my focus off of it to grow something else and get the right people and it started to go. Um, so anyway, it's a hard thing I think for people to do, to walk away from an idea or a concept that we thought should work. And the market tells us that, hey, it didn't work. So, so this idea of overcoming obstacles, like, you know, it's a core part of your, of your business leadership. You know, I, we refer to it as your ministry. It's like this, you know, thing you're driven to, to help men specifically, not only in their marriages, but in their business life, overcoming these obstacles. Like, why are you so passionate about that? Um, well, I love to see in business people succeed, right? Um, but I've also grown up in an environment where I had a dad uh, that was very successful financially. So we could look at the business world. That's what we're talking about right now. Um, but I saw him lose everything um, in his life. He's lost his marriage. He lost his kids. He lost everything. So in my life, I was going down that same path, right? I had the bad health, had a stroke. My marriage was horrible. I didn't even know my kids. So I, there was a moment where I woke up. And I'm like, you know, none of this crap even matters um, that I'm going after. It matters in some regard, but my priorities were really jacked up. Um, so when I started to get my priorities in order, that's when my life totally shifted. Um, the finances came faster than I could have ever imagined. My marriage became very vibrant, exciting. My, my kids, um, you know, went from not knowing them to just having a great relationship, being a part of their life. And then, our, you know, watching the businesses grow within that uh, is a huge deal. So focusing on, on the right priorities for me is what made the big difference as far as overcoming challenges. So first, like, let's, let's, can I, do you want to dig into that a little bit? So like this idea of focusing on your priorities, you're so deep in it. Marriage is a mess. You're not even sure if you even know your kids' favorite colors. You're trying out there to dominate the world. You're super sick. Like, and you end up with this focus on your priorities. Like how the heck does that happen with all that storm all over top of you? I think you just get driven to a point of, I was at the end of myself, right? At that point in my life to where I just finally admitted I can't do this on my own. And I literally dropped to the knees and I'm like, God, Lord, help me. And in that moment, that's actually where the five steps uh, came from. In that moment, I, I literally heard, do you want me to show you how to do this? I took out my pen and paper, kind of like I have here, and I drew out five steps and I went and implemented it. And... Um, things started to shift in my life at that point. So uh, it took me, not everybody, hopefully it doesn't have to take you that to get to where you'll, you'll shift your priorities. So for me, it became, you know, God, my wife, my kids, and then business versus business was always number one in driving. And I lived under this concept of, you know, I'll make it, then I'll make up for my health, for example. Then I'll make up for uh, my marriage. Then I'll make up that time with my kids because they need to have all this stuff. Um, when the reality was, as soon as I started to align my priorities and where my time goes in my day, for example, today where I started was in those priorities, um, my, my life has shifted and, and business shifts and uh, success comes uh, and it comes very quickly when you're focused on the right things. All right. So we're with Jeff Usner, who's, you can find him at 
jeffusner.com. Jeff, I'll tell you, I really appreciate we're getting into this part of the discussion. I really love your five-point system. I love that it's God-given, so it even means it's going to work that much better. So that's awesome. If you want to know how to hack your competition, you need to go back and not only listen to this show, but go find what Jeff's doing, and you can see all those details. But this idea of priorities and, and, and reestablishing what's important in your life, you attribute your success to flipping that upside down. And so how the heck does somebody do that? Like what's a, like talk about hacking your competition. Let's hack the competition of, of you succeeding at that. So how, where does, I, I'm a mess. My marriage is, is, is at times good, at times lacks any vibrance and we're just kind of going through the motions. We're just doing busy. Like how do I, what, what do I do to get that thing in alignment? Like, what are some good advice you'd give me to, to work on that? You know, along the lines of hack your competition, um, let's say your marriage is struggling. Now, you know, I could tell you, hey, you should have God first, your wife second, or your husband second, um, your kids third, your business fourth. But the reality is, um, that might be pretty hard for you to do if you don't have anybody around you doing it. So hacking your competition is one thing. But for me, it was like, okay, who do I know who has a great marriage and they've been married? 30, 40 years. So what do I need to do? I need to go humble myself and start talking to that man and say, Hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what's going on in my life. What do I need to do differently to have that marriage that you have? Mm -hmm. um, my kids at that point were the ones that you wouldn't want to be near on an airplane, especially um, in a restaurant, right? You would get up and everybody's like leaving the tables around you because my kids were just out of control, just screaming, throwing food, whatever. I didn't know what I was doing. So I went and found somebody who, when I, whenever we were out with them, their kids had the best behavior ever. <clears throat> and I started to learn from them. Like, what do you do with your kids? Like, this isn't rocket science. There's got to be some system, right? There's got to be something I can do. And it's not always just step A, B, C, D, but it can no, get you in this mindset of putting focus to priorities. And, and when you did that, look at the abundance, not only in activity, but, you know, your joy, your hope your peacefulness, all of that has resonated in abundance in your organization. It's, it's not abundance first and all that stuff second. So that to me is when I'm hearing you talk and we've developed our relationship, I'm drawn to that part of it because that's what's successful. And so hacking successful people in doing what's successful, in this case, focusing on priorities, huge. We're with Jeff. Jeff, I, I really appreciate you, but this is heavy stuff. And when we end at this part of it, we're, we're now focusing on, right? We're talking to business owners. I like to really kind of give them some meat. You give them a ton of meat on how to hack competition, how to hack successful people. What's the hardest thing for you right now in your business? You know, people has been the hardest thing for uh, 2000 for this, for this year, 2017 that we're finishing up. Um, just getting the right people in line and, having the um, ability to put the business first. Um, yes, people are first, but also if you've got the wrong people, making the hard decisions and making the moves that's gonna take to put your position, to put your business in a position to succeed with the right people. So um, you talked about it when we started the show, was just making sure you have the right team. You're reinvesting into those people. And if, if it's not the right person on board, you need to remove them quickly. And that's honestly been stop there. That's huge, right? So I always say it's people over process, but without process, you won't have profit. So it's people who make processes that develop profit, right? Those are that's really the formula to a successful company. Well, I'll tell you, so many times we get a process in place 
and we find out we're dealing with somebody who doesn't belong on the team and we're like, oh, they're so good at it. What am I going to do to replace them? You, you gave the key to it. Everyone listening, if you heard Jeff say one thing, once you know there's a sour apple, it doesn't matter whether it, it, it's the right fit, the wrong fit. That person will, will hold your organization back and they have to go. Now, I'm not saying this in a way like they're infected. They're just not the right fit in your organization. They might belong somebody or somewhere else. And I like to encourage you with a highly compassionate thought. You're helping them to move on to the journey of where they belong because he or she doesn't belong on your team. And so when you take this avoidance approach for expertise over a fit, you're messing your culture. You're messing your ability for your team to grow. That friction alone is going to hold your company back. And so, Jeff, here in the end of 2017 and the start of 2018 where we are now, that's what you're doing, right? Like you've made a decision that you've got to put people in the next level of growth in, in your company first. So we're thankful to have the privilege here over at Total Team to be helping you guys with some of that but it's what's going to take you to the next level so where do you see is the hardest part of that the hardest part of that um is i think that is a good question that's where you're coming into it is finding the right people can actually be part of the problem uh getting the right people i know that right now in our business we're trying to hire several positions so working with your team Vinny, is uh, definitely going to be a huge help for us in getting the right people on board so um, onboarding people. I mean, that's a huge need and resource that your company uh, is huge at helping with. So I also would say this, Jeff, you know, like I, I, where I think you were going with some of that is that it's great to get the right people there, but then what do you do with them? Right? Like what's the journey? You know, I think what we're forgetting now is this idea that, you know, it, it's not just, it, it's important to get the right people, right? So a house that's not on a firm right. is going to crumble. But what do you do to build the house? It's got to have a bedroom and bathrooms and all these luxurious things. Like why, do, maybe it's something we just don't know, but we got to continue the career development of our people as well because they can start to burn or slow drift. And so what, are, you, are you guys focusing on any of that for 2018? Yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of thinking back to the question you just gave too, um, I think just knowing who you are as a company, knowing who you want to be um, is clear, being clear in that and not making um, any exceptions in that. Um, mm -hmm. So for us, uh, James 127 is something anybody in my office here is going to know, um, whether they're Christian or not, like we're focused on helping the, the widow and the orphan. Um, so for us, that's a key part of our mission. So I think in knowing who you are not, um, compromising on that in any way with the people you bring in your office, like, Hey, this is who we are. We're going to love you where you're at, but this is our mission. Like for our mission is helping the orphan and the widow, right? How so regularly can you get that message in front of your people? Not enough. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. So that's a key piece to this is like, listen, leaders, they say every 21 days that your regular team member to the extent, whatever that means loses any, ability to truly understand where vision and mission align. And so you need to be regularly often in your office, Jeff, right? James 127 should be like almost the punchline to things you say or do with it on a monthly basis. And if you're not, if you don't find yourself doing it monthly, then you're not doing it enough. And you go listen to all the, the brain psychologist and theory people out there. They'll say to you that our job as visionaries is to get the message of mission out there so that you can excite activate and grow your tribe. 
Yeah. And even for us, like if you were to come in our office, the first thing you're going to see on the wall uh, are about 300 boys um, that we help in India. Um, it's interesting because you see it every day, but yet you become blind to the fact that it's there. So that's our mission in our office. Right. But it's like taking time to like stop in the hallway and like look at the pictures and say, wow, we're really affecting this kid's life um, versus it's just something you take for granted, which is, you know, really hard to not doing any part of our life, but especially when it comes around our mission and what we're yeah, all I got, a, I got a hackier uh, success for you, what I would do. I'd get a mini version of that picture if you guys all love it. And I'd bring it into your conference room with you. And I wouldn't overuse it. But on the tough days, on the meeting days, when something didn't go well, you lost the client or you, um, you just had a day where everyone was felt like they were just typing letters on a computer and they weren't doing anything, I would bring that out and tell everyone a story. This is why we go to practice. It's like a sports team analogy. This is the day why we do the tough days through our injuries because of this kid. Focus in on one of them, tell a great story, get them back and focused as to why not to give up because your mission, this idea of overcoming obstacles, this is why most business people get, I'd say give up or, or, or don't last. They don't endure. They don't persevere. It's because during the tough times, they lost why they're doing what they're doing and they just kind of jump onto another fleeting moment. And so what we do and what we encourage is hacking what was successful before and getting someone back on mission is so critical in the tough days. It's also good on the win days to remind people why we're winning. But boy, on those days when it's long and tough and you know, here in Cleveland when it's snowy and cold, like why am I even going into the office? Like on days like that is when you, you, you kind of hold up that mission plate and get people excited again or, uh, or, or energized. Maybe excited is not a goal for the day. Maybe just re-energized and prioritized is, is a good goal for the day. That's good advice. I wrote it down. I'll do it. All right, Jeff, we're, we're, we're at the end of our show. The long ones like this, the good ones are easy. They just go long. And so, you know, the whole theme was about hacking, right? Hack your competition, hack successful people. And so I love to end with one carrot. What is success for you? Just so people know, how do you, if you have a definition of success, what does that look like? One carrot, a definition of success. You know, I think balance is, is if I was going to do one word, um, and peace uh, okay. would be part of that. So that's something I focus on um, is peace in my household, peace in my business, uh, peace where I go. Because if I'm walking in peace, I know I'm not going to have all the stress. I know I'm going to be more open to ideas. I'm going to be, we're going to be more productive. So whatever you need to do to create that in your environment, usually that involves removing things. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be people. It can be uh, things that are taking up your time uh, that takes up. Maybe you're on Facebook too much. Maybe you're uh, watching some news program more than you should. Maybe you're whatever it might be. It could be the dumbest thing, but looking at how do I keep peace in my life? And usually it's something internally. There's something to me that gets fired up about something. Why is that? How do I walk in more peace in that? So for me, you know, I think success, um, if you can just continue to walk in peace in your business while implementing all the strategies we love as business owners and all the hacks and all the fun things um, that drive revenue, drive profits, um, the key is walking in peace. You know, I'm a person who almost died of a stroke when I was 33 uh, and I had paid for the Porsche cash. I had this 7,000 square foot home. I had all the like the things the world would say is success, but I really didn't have a lot of peace in my life. In fact, I would say none. Mm. Uh, when I started to get more centered on how do I maintain peace in my life? Um, that's really, uh, it's a question that I have to have in front of me every day because it's so easy to get caught up. In what a great gift for 2018. 
folks, if, if nothing else, you know, this idea, by the way, it's like defining happiness, success, all these things are so hard to specifically define, but inner peace has personally, and I want to thank you, Jeff, in front of an audience that you have been a, a, a good friend and mentor on that subject for me. And this idea of seeking some, um, some, in my case, reconciliation with the Lord and find ways to uh, be at peace with the decisions and, and the things that have gone on in my life and, and use that as a powerful tool to, to move forward. So thank you for that. I really want to sincerely tell you that that's been huge. All right. So I want to recap one thing and leave everyone with a takeaway. So we're right here at the end, landing gears going down. I love this theme, hack your competition, hacks what successful people are doing. You know, that way you can replicate and then recreate for your environment things that'll work. What's the one thing takeaway here that you would say, go do this. If you do nothing else, go check me out at jeffosner.com. I got that. And they should go see what you're doing and connect with you and see all the things you're doing. But what's one bit of advice you say here in 2018, go do this. Start with what's right in front of you, mm. right? A lot of times we want to change a lot of stuff. Even if you listen to the, what we talked about today, you just got to start with, what am I doing right in front of me now and how am I honoring that? How am I taking care of what has already been entrusted to me and how can I do it better? Um, and if you focus on that, I think more and more abundance. I mean, the Bible says if you take care of those things, you're going to have more and more things added on to you. So a lot of times we try to find the hacks, we try to find the secrets, but we're not taking care of what's in front of us, whether it's your wife who's right in front of you. For me, that's a lot, right? If it's my kids, if it's my employees, if it's my, uh, you know, if it's technology, whatever it is that you will work in, how are you working in it right now? Um, and how can you work better in it? How do you work in excellence? It's one thing I teach my kids is, uh, you know, how do you work in excellence and how do you honor what's right in front of you right now? Because if you focus on that, everything else, you'll get promoted. It just, it happens. Maybe it's promoted in your job. Maybe it's promoted in your business. I mean, more and more clients. They're, they will respond to it and you will be more successful. Jeff, I really appreciate you today, bud. Thanks for being on our show uh, and have a great day. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Appreciate it. Bye.